Welcome to the Occult London Podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. If anyone has any questions for me, then I'd love to hear from them, so please reach out via Facebook or an email, as I'd love to answer your questions or suggestions. You can find my Facebook on the show notes or alternatively email us at occultlondonpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy it. In today's episode, we will be continuing our discussion on the Archangels of the Kabbalah with a discussion on the Archangel of Keta, the crown, whose name is Metatron. Metatron is unique in the cosmology of the Kabbalistic Archangels in that he is the only Archangel who is meant to have been a normal human being. Enoch. Whether or not this is true is up for discussion. Um, however, what we do know is that Metatron really sort of represents and directs the flow of the kind of purest divine formless energy down into creation. So let's have a look at some of the stories. Metatron is an angel in Judaic, Islamic, and Christianity traditions, and is also mentioned briefly in the Agada and in a few other mystical Kabbalistic texts within the rabbinic literature. In Islamic traditions, he is known as Mitatron, or the Angel of the Veil, and in the majority of traditions, however, he is considered to be the highest of the archangels, closest to God, and also the kind of recording or scribe of the divine. In the Jewish tradition, Metatron is the name given to Enoch after his transformation into an angel, or a pure being of fire and energy. Metatron or Methraton means voice of God, and he really represents this intermediary through which God speaks. Traditionally, the voice of God is so loud, so it's Metatron who enables um, us to understand it and not be destroyed. Metatron also has the name of Iao and the lesser Iao. And interesting, Gershom Sholem actually talks about this um, evidence suggesting that Metatron was originally the secret name of Mikael. And this tradition is actually meant to have survived until the 4th century. But that really shows this connection between Keta and Tiferet, which is one of the spheres where Mikael is sometimes placed, um, being this concept of the father and the son or the greater and lesser countenance. In Gematria, his name adds up to 314, which is the same same value as Shaddai, which is the title of one of the titles of Yesod, and obviously shows that connection between the highest and the beginnings of form um, in Yesod. The origin of the name Metatron. So like Sandophon, um, his name is not derived from Hebrew, um, but it's actually from Greek and comes from Metatron Thonus, meaning near thy throne. Metatron is the angel of the presence who sees the Divine One face to face and essentially is a conduit through which the primal force or power is filtered to creation. Traditionally, he is meant to be the youngest or the newest of the archangels because he was once in a human body on earth as Enoch, who was not for God took him. And when Metatron was given his job, the other angels have meant to become very jealous saying, said not the ancient ones rightly before thee, do not make man. 
However, God is meant to have created Metatron anyway and given him the title of the Yesa, Yehovah, as well as other titles such as Eol and Safra, the scribe. And it's this kind of importance in relation to the discussion because it's obviously Metatron that's meant to have brought the Kabbalah to mankind. The name Enoch, so obviously Enoch is connected with Metatron because he's, he actually became Metatron. And this derives from Anoki, I, which meaning the ego and the, self, the, the real self at a divine level. Therefore, even in the name, it signifies divinity descending, but also mankind descending through the Kabbalah. And this is something William Gray talks about in his, in his book, Ladder of Light, which I kind of refer to quite a lot. But if, I recommend people read it if they want to try and kind of understand some of these Kabbalistic concepts. So a quote from Gray. There are two Enochs mentioned in Genesis. The first was the son of Cain, and thus a fabled ancestor of humanity. As the son of the killer, he typifies primitive humanity fighting for its very existence amid the hostile conditions of this planet. However, the descriptive word used in connection with him, Chanuk, signifies the teaching of initiation or enlightenment. Early man had to learn quickly or die. Kabbalah began the hard way. The second Enoch was the one who walked with God and was the son of Jared to descend and the father of Methuselah. He typifies the rise of man after the fall and having attained the top of the tree where he became Metatron, he taught the rest of humanity how to follow him, Kabbalah. As Enoch, Metatron is the perfectly placed archangel in front of the God aspect signifying I am. He is equivalent to the God feeling in humanity, without which we could not rise above animal earth. He gives us the sense of identifying with divinity, which can either deify us or destroy us. The self above self, mediated by Metatron, will lead us straight to God, if we are capable of holding balanced contact with such power. Or, if we fail to do so, we shall fall back to the bottom at Malkut. Here again we have the sword of Damocles, symbol being the sword point and hair's breadth difference between majesty or madness. So therefore we can say from that quote from Gray uh, that through the story of Enoch we can see how we both got to where we are now through the brutal story of Cain but also how to escape through the story of Enoch rising up to heaven. Metatron essentially mediates that God force within us, um, the self above self, that invites us to grow beyond ourselves and grow into the divine. However, the lesson is also, as shown by the Cain story, that too much power can corrupt and will enable us to sink lower than we were potentially. So the power represented by Metatron is beyond the I am or the self, but at the same time it teaches us that all things exist in me and not I in them. So this is one of the issues you see with a lot of magicians um, because they... You know, they open themselves up to lots of divine forces and then you can use them for different ends which tend to kind of feed the ego uh, much more than being a, a conduit for divine power. There's nothing wrong with using magic to find, you know, to do things that you need. I don't think you can do practical magic and I have done to get things that I need but it's not... Um, 
but yeah, doing stuff like that definitely would go go into the realms of the grey or black um, type work. And what's Metatron really is? It's the, it's the absolute purest power flowing through you. So it's it's way beyond that. So um, something to think about anyway. And this is why you get the prayer: "Thy will, not mine, be done." That's the will of the true I am, which is represented by Metatron and Keta. It's driving that laser focus of that divine power and not the other way around. And the will or direction of the true I am um, is kind of really governing that aspect, that lesser Yehovah and Metatron in each of us so that the life forces work together. Metatron represents the intelligence who directs the flow of um, this kind of formless energy down to the deepest levels of reality. So because he is divine himself, he's not associated with any other planet, but rather sort of kind of exists in the imagination or the mind of God himself. And it's very difficult to understand because of these are kind of concepts that go way, way beyond any kind of kind of any kind of like conscious understanding of anything really it's almost like nothingness but everything at the same time the point within the circle is a good kind of symbol to work with or just literally a point and it's very much this kind of this kind of um paradox of inside and outside at the same time everything and nothing at the same time um so very difficult for us to understand and very difficult for us to comprehend from the sphere of malkut but Magicians always invoke Metatron really to connect to that highest form of energy above us. And the name E-O-E-L or I-O-E-L means I am God, which is very relevant from that point of view as the magician. We are connecting to the highest form. So using exercises like the Kabbalistic, the, like the Kabbalistic cross exercise, we are you know, Artar, we're bringing that power right the way down through the middle pillar. So we're connecting with that higher force. And that's why, you know, typically would do it before you do any kind of practical, um, magical or spiritual work, because you're connecting with that and you're kind of almost dedicating yourself and the work to that higher power. And um, this is something Gray talks about as well, which I just wanted to quote from him again. Behind creation, there has to be an awareness of divinity reaching from the top to the bottom of its structure in every world and working by all manner of means. This is Metatron. In Malkut, we thought about Sandalfon as the feet of one so tall no more could be seen. Here in Keta, we meet the head of the same being as Metatron. But because he is face to face with divinity, we only see the back of his head. No man hath seen God and lived. True. The vision is far beyond human ability. If we ever reach it, we shall have risen to the status of Metatron, the Archangel, above Archangels, who is in close contact with divine consciousness, yet rose from the ranks. Because in the least is the greatest and of the greatest is the least. And that's a quote from William Gray. So what's Gray saying there? 
Well, really, I think from my point of view, there's lots of different interpretations of this. And as I said, it's a very difficult archangel, difficult sphere to really fully understand. But I, from a personal point of view, I kind of feel that he's saying that the divine interpenetrates all things and also all aspects of ourselves are divine. So we're looking to elevate the lower aspects of ourselves towards the divine, but also bring the light down into the darkness and light up that void. And so you get the symbol of the the hexagrams, the interlacing triangles, bringing it down and rising it up. So it's this interplay, this marriage, this initiation of two aspects of ourselves joining together. Sandothon and Metatron uniting both aspects in one. Malkut is Keta and Keta is Malkut. In terms of iconography, again, there's not a huge amount of depictions of Metatron. Um, obviously, he's associated with a crown signifying Keta, and you know, signif- obviously the colour of white and pure light. Um, but really, when you get to this level of the tree, you're kind of going beyond um, beyond kind of images how we would normally understand it. So, worth kind of thinking about that and coming up with your own way of kind of building that form of Metatron. That's all we've got time for today. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Arcot London podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we will be continuing this discussion about the Archangels over the next few weeks as well. There's a few more I wanted to talk about. They're not really traditionally associated with the Tree of Life, from certainly from like the kind of form I use it. Uh, um, but yeah, definitely interesting anyway. So yeah, stay tuned, listen to that. Um, If anyone's got any questions, comments, suggestions, anything that they want to share, then please do reach out via the website, which is occultlondon.co.uk, or you can also contact me on email or Facebook, etc. So thanks very much, everybody, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.